Hey, Joe, what's up? What's going on, my man? What's going on, Big Daddy, Big Daddy B? Hey, man, just trying to survive these two kids right now. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Hey, exciting news. We're open. We are open. Two weeks in now. Awesome. Uh, P4L, Perform for Life, the, the main sponsor of this podcast, of the Why Not Now podcast. Three locations right. in San Francisco going to be reopening because we can now. Exactly, because we can now. And we're excited to you know, be able to just connect with people again, build relationships. You know, it's all about seeing people in mm -hmm. person. It's just been so difficult not to be able to see our, you know, our members. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the guys who's really taught me a lot about how to take care of the business and, you know, build strong relationships is uh, Tom Plummer. He's the guru of fitness business. He's been in this for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, I've attended a lot of his workshops over the years. And, you know, Written um, multiple I'm, books. Yeah, multiple books. And I think he's a guy that you should listen to beyond the fitness business. We're going to talk a lot mm -hmm. about that today. And I had a great conversation. Mean, we had a great conversation, Joe. Mm -hmm. um, I took away a lot of things. I don't know about you. What were your thoughts oh, big on time. Yeah. Oh, he's just a wealth of information, man. I mean, this is a guy who's yeah, been there for 40 years. He's seen gyms start when people just wanted to bulk up. He's watched gyms go through people wanting to bulk down. And now we're kind of like in this uh, state where it's about self-care. It's about lifestyle. And he's helping, you know, perform for life and multiple other gyms around the country um, kind of create this new business model that we're living through uh, in order to survive and to serve their clients the way that, you know, will we'll best serve them. Um, but I honestly just sat back and just listened uh, to Tom speak because he's extremely articulate, smart dude. And I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah, and you, you said that in the very first episode. I remember when we, we started this, is we talked about like self-care. Mm -hmm. has been such a theme in this pandemic and given that people value that more than ever they need that holistic approach which um i think is one of the big takeaways and it's yeah. a lot of leadership mm -hmm. leadership so, big time without further ado let's get this guy um on the show welcome back to the why not now podcast where we give business owners some hope during the pandemic and we also talk about why it's the best time to recreate your business or start one from scratch, given what's been going on. I'm here with my co-host, the lovely Joe Salazar. What's up, Joe? Happy, happy days, Brian. Happy, happy days. What's new with you, man? Oh, not too much. Uh, just, you know, just enjoying some uh, morning, morning rituals ar around the house, watered some plants, uh, went, for, went for a nice walk. Uh, ran some errands, just taking, just taking care of me, man. Just doing some self-care. It's my day off, you know, besides doing this, it's my day off. So got to get the self-care in, you know. You know what? That's been a big theme of my, um, my change. Some of the changes I've been going through as an entrepreneur is really incorporating self-care and making that like a cornerstone of how I, you know, do my everyday life. Because as a fitness business owner, it's actually really hard to take care of yourself. And this pandemic has really taught me how to take care of myself first. So I could take care of others. And uh, one person who really taught me those things, and over the years, I've taken a lot of his seminars on how to be a better speaker, a better presenter, just a better person overall, um, has been Tom Plummer. And we're lucky to have him here today as our guest. So yes, thank yes. you, Tom, for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's just, uh, Joe, we're going to have to talk about your lifestyle, dude. You're, you're, you're living, living large there water oh, no, and stuff. trying so. <laughs> to trying to yeah we'll have to we'll say the talk about the wine yeah, exactly yeah. that's important as well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm looking forward to this brian i'm really excited so i i, I think you guys do a great job with this and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be part of it so dig in man let's go let's rock this i'm ready well you know what i really thought about today is really talking about the legacy that you leave behind as a person and as a business owner and I feel like you can talk about that better than anybody. And I've been really thinking about that because this pandemic has really taught me that, you know, what really fucking matters is what you um, are truly passionate about and what, what really matters to you in life. And I feel like right now is the best time to recreate your business and make it more purpose driven and really have it be something that you've always dreamed of, you know, and let go of all the other bullshit. And, you know, I want to hear your perspective on that as we dig into that a little bit more. Okay. Uh, 
the the interesting thing about the the virus is it 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 came out of it was such a short run up it was it wasn't like we had a year to see it coming it wasn't like it even you know okay it, it ramped up it was I, I I still taught a live workshop in March and uh, first the week of March in in Orlando at on the Disney property there were hundred thousand people out there walking around in this uh, Disney mm. Springs area packed every bar was packed shoulder to shoulder and two weeks later it was shut down it was gone you know it's just it's it 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 came hard it came fast and what happened and what i i what you just said i think is very important is it's the the virus was it it forced people to change and to think and the the weird thing is it's revealed two types of people and the and it's it's sad it's some ways i really it's it's hard to even talk about because I've got friends that have gone on the dark side, people I've worked with for a long time that they're so angry, they're so um, upset about what's happened that they're actually destroying their own businesses and their families. Mm -hmm. they, they just, they, there's a, a certain amount of stress and pressure that comes out of situations like this. And this is the first time many of our owners were ever in this extreme pressure where it's, you know, you're fighting for your survival. And it, it revealed the cracks in people. It revealed the mm. weaknesses. People became bitter. You know, they're pissed off at their kids. They're pissed off at their spouse. They're angry. And they, they just kind of try to cling to 2019. And then there's the other, other group, a smaller group, that just said, you know, I'm going to embrace what is. And, it, you know, I, I can't go back to 2019 no matter how often I threaten to sue the state. I'm going to sue everybody. I'm going to protest. I'm, I'm going to do this. You, you can't go back. So you, this group said, look, I, this is the reality. There's gyms coming out of this that are having the last couple of months, the best months they've had in years because the client has changed. The, the market has changed. So many gyms have closed. So I, I think your observation, man, that this is really for people that want to think and want to grow, this has really been a challenging time because it forced you to either get better, embrace life, see what's next, be open to change, or it's forced you and it's revealed the cracks and the weaknesses in your personality. And you came out of this a worse person. And you, and sadly, uh, there's a lot more in that category that people that just the pressure got them, they lost. It, it's, uh, your observation was perfect. I've seen that a lot with some colleagues of mine. Um, it's they're just trying to fight back too much rather than um, evolve and adapt. And you know what Joe said earlier about self-care. You know, as a visionary myself, taking some time back to reflect, I realized that self-care was something that was missing in my life. And there's so much more to health and wellness and fitness, and it really taught me that I need to recreate my business to be more of a wellness center. People need way more than fitness. They need the nutrition. They need the mindset. They need the recovery. They need all of that. And I think that's the future of fitness. What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Yeah, the, uh, the strange thing is the client changed. They, mm. it's, you know, in 2019, the type of client was uh, almost cosmetic. I need to lose 10 pounds. So mm -hmm. all marketing was lose 10 pounds with me, lose 15 pounds. Here's a six-week challenge. Here's this. And it was, it was, if you think about it and look back at it, it's, it was shallow but it worked. Mm -hmm. And the client now is, you know, I think I'd like to live. <laughs> you know, I, I think I'd like, you know, the, you know, I really don't want to watch my dad die in a hospital. You know, they, it, it, it's going forward. And the weird thing is there's back to the preceding thing is so many people think we're going to go back in some form or another. They're just waiting. It's just, if I, if I, if I get pissy enough and cry enough and moan enough that I, 2019 is going to come and find me again. And the client is moved on, but most importantly, the entire gym business has changed. I believe for in our in your working lifetime, uh, that it, it's it's different. The client does want those things. So I've been telling people to think about the client in, in four pillars. You know, it, it, you still got to work them out, but they need nutrition beyond weight loss. They they they, they and they're interested now. And the one-on-one client is back, for example. That client wants privacy, safety, security, but they want to learn a nutrition besides losing 10 pounds. Yeah, if I, if I eat healthier, I'm going to lose the weight anyway. 
And, you know, but how do I supplement? Why would I supplement? They, they, how do I keep my family healthy? And then the, the restoration of natural movement as everybody moves home to work. About, if I just read an article like this, 50% of a lot of the office space as of today in New York is empty. You know, mm -hmm. guys are working at home. So these guys may never go back to work. They, this whole new working at home economy. Well, you know what? I sit like this all day bad, doing this. Bad posture. Yeah. Uh -huh. So now it's so a restoration of movement where we can help the client get upright, move again, restore the movement. It's not just the physicality. It's the ability to move within the physicality. And so that's important. And then meditation. There's, you know, the, the ability mm -hmm. to uh, de-stress the client. So if you think of the client in those four terms, I think every gym, especially like your gyms, a more elite training gym should really start to think in terms of a more sophisticated client that they, they, they want more. And then the whole concept of team training, I, I, nobody's going to, you're not going to shove 30 people into a sweaty box, 1800 square feet. That was dying before the virus, you know, that was oversaturated. The prices are dropping. So the client coming in now is, look, I want space, I want guidance, I want help, I want lifestyle. You know, they, they're just like, just take control of everything. The client, the, the gym that's smart enough to look at the client as a holistic project instead of a weight loss module it. It is going to be, that, that client's going to win. It's got to, you've got to look at the client as holistically and you have to rebuild your gym, your online training support, your coaches, everything's got to move toward that common goal. Yeah, that's what we're in the process of doing right now. We're actually going to hit it really hard in Q4, the first week of October through the end of this year, to really rebrand. And as much as a lot of people don't want to hear it, you have to kind of reestablish your business and re-identify its identity um, before you keep moving forward. Because I think the customers change in many different businesses, right? Not just the fitness business, but I mean, there's several others where you have to adapt to the new client. And like you said it earlier, Tom, I think I heard in one of your podcasts is the client is changing a lot faster than we can even keep up with. I, I, if there's one thing that I need a glass of wine and you and I need to sit up until two in the morning, you know, like we have many times <laughs> and talk about yeah. this. I, I just, I want to grab the trainers, the coaches by the head and say, the client's way out there, chase mm -hmm. them. You know, and it's just that the client has evolved. The client has, the client's willing to move forward. And uh, I was just talking to some guys from LA before this call. In fact, some, uh, thank you very much. You, you referred him to me, uh, uh, Pete, and uh, never say his first name correctly. Lucho, Lucho. Lucho yeah. yeah. Yeah, just met him today. Uh, but you know, I talked to them this morning. Here's a couple awesome. of guys that are running a nice gyms, you know, seven years into it. And they're, 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 looking at this going, we need to reset. I mean, what we have is not what we need to go forward. And I, I'm like, this is so rare to find a couple of guys this, you know, this, this good to think in those terms. I, I was, they blown me, they just blew me away with the ability that, that they're adapting. So this is a chance to set a giant reset button, but the, the, the client, we're chasing them. The client has already moved beyond the, the normal training gym. I, if you just think about the, the insanity of it is uh, there's a national chain not too far from my house it's got the circuit type gym you know it's 1800 square feet you know they prior to this they'd have 30 people in this they were lowering their price because they got like competitors on every corner now that whole circuit training thing is starting to fade but you know can you imagine coming back now and trying to tell the client yeah this is safe this is healthy we're going to work on your health to keep you safe the next couple of years so stand shoulder to shoulder in this dark box with the you know, ventilation system and just make sure that you can touch the guy's arm next to you on that treadmill because you want to pick up his sweat, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, and it's Florida. So, you know, masks are weird here in the gyms. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're, you're looking at that going, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to kill 30 members today. You know, I'm <laughs> just, I, it's insanity. The client says, we don't want this anymore. And the gym guys, now they just lower their price thinking it's a price objection instead of the fact the client goes, I, I'm not that client anymore. What, what, it, mm. what can you do? What's the next level of sophistication in the gym business? And that's where we are now. We're, we're actually forced as an industry to grow up. You know, they're, they're, we've got to find another level of play. And the guys that are doing that are making a ton of money. 
and the guys that are fighting it, going back to 2019, are still standing in city councils and bitching and moaning, still arguing over wearing masks. I don't want to wear a mask. It's, you know, you can argue that all you want. I'm going to go out and make a whole lot of money and take your clients. And that's, right. that's what's happening. That's what's happening out there now. It's crazy. It's, it's a crazy time to be in business, but a good time. I think it's pretty simple, though. I mean, if you look at who's doing well right now, all the influencers on social media offering free workouts or online training. You have companies like Peloton. So there's so much fitness available for everybody. People can sweat more excessively than any time they ever could, I feel like. But they can't get everything else in one, like a, a brick-and-mortar business can, like a fitness business can. And we can offer so many different um, health services, like you were saying, the meditation, the recovery, the stress management, the nutrition, where that is really valuable. The coaching that comes with all of those sectors of health is where the future is, I believe, in, in coaching. Yeah, you know? it's uh, and that client is a more sophisticated client. Weirdly, that client uh, rarely fit in the gyms prior to the virus, especially the training gyms. We think we own that client, but that client, you know, they're, they're kind of out there floating around. But if the gyms get better, you know, that Peloton person sitting in their bedroom, well, they're, they're, you know, you got somebody screaming at you and you have some kind of app associated with it. We'll give you a little weight loss advice. We'll give you, you know, I can have a coach and sit and sit on the floor in front of my mirror and meditate. But the, the <laughs> client, they, they, they want guidance. They want leadership. If I could put it in one word, Brian, one word is, is I've seen the difference is, is right now leadership. Leadership sells. People want answers to the unanswerable. You know, mm. I, it, it's, it's, people are looking for this. It's just they, so many people are like, okay, just show me the way. Just show me the way. Mm. And uh, I, I'm working with one client in Texas, um, and he had a couple of bully members. You know, he's got about uh, 150 clients, little training gym, you know, sweet little gym. Guy's, guy's a real good coach. And, uh, Client walks in and they bullied him. And so about a third of clients aren't wearing masks. His team was, but, um, you know, the clients were coming in and out. No, it's Texas. We're not wearing masks. And um, woman walks in. She goes, oh, I was here yesterday. I just want to let you know, I tested positive this morning. And I was here yesterday and worked out. And the guy's like, well, one, what are you doing in my face now? And two, you know, he's looking, he calls. So we had to shut the gym down. Had to put him, you know, put him down for about 48 hours. Had to fumigate, reach out to the members. We came back and required masks on all clients. So we lost about 10 members. We picked up about 40 of his old members that wouldn't come in because they'd seen social media of the no mask wearers. So you, you, when your business, you have to do the right thing for your business. And you have to reset the business according, not to emotion, but according to what's available in the market now. And, you know, they, that, there's a client that wants leadership. They want you to take care of them. Are there still, you know, 10% of your clients that are like, I'm not wearing a mask. That's my political. Yes, it is. You know, but I own a gym. This is my business. I have a right not to let you into this gym. If you want to cancel your membership, go away. You know, I'm good with that. Leadership sells. But gym owners traditionally are so afraid of their one-on-one -on -one clients. They're so afraid of the money that they won't stand up to the clients. And therefore, they get bullied right out of business. And it's, uh, and that's changing. I'm seeing now that these clients are going, they're taking control of their business and people are thanking them for it. It's like, yeah, about time. I'm glad you threw that idiot out. You know, it's just, yeah. it, it's, it's a leadership. crazy mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Leadership sells. And, but you have to, as a coach in a gym, you have to be willing to do what's right for your business and what's right for the majority of your clients. You can't be held hostage by a couple of bullies and it just, it doesn't work. That's very true. Early in my career, I feel like I was like that. And it took me some time to realize you just got to do the right thing and stand up for what's right. And the majority of people will follow. And that's what matters. Yeah. Well, you, you, if going, looking back at your career, you were simply too nice. You know, you <laughs> yeah. were that person. Yeah. Nobody would, right, Joe, nobody would call him that now, but <laughs> back in the day, you know, <laughs> but you, you were, you were that people pleaser you were you were try yourself you're soft-spoken you're a very gracious person and you're you're that person that just I, I think you were too nice in your career and then as you got a, a little older and your businesses started to grow you became a better leader with your team 
I think at some point you just crossed that border where you said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to run a good business and I'm going to do the right thing for people. A lot of coaches aren't there yet. They're still in that young, terrified, I'm afraid of my clients. Oh my God, I'll lose them all if I change anything. And so they get held hostage or back to the original thought, they're so angry that what's going on in the markets, especially in California and places like that, that they, they just, they're, they're angry, frustrated. They're taking on everybody. And my God, I'm going back to 2019, you know, and it's just, and you're going to burn down your own gym, which is a pretty weird thing, but I see that happening a lot. They're not moving forward. You know, one thing I really wanted to ask you about is I've been thinking about this with all these apps and all this, you know, isolation, I feel like people are going to value community and connecting and socializing like never before. By the time this, um, you know, the, there's a cure for this or what, what, what am I, what am I saying? I'm losing my vaccine. Vaccine. Thank you. When there's a vaccine and, you know, maybe not 2021 by 2022, people are going to go nuts. Like concerts are going to sell out like crazy. Gyms are going to be a place where people are going to socialize like never before. I mean, that's what I think. I think, Community and socialization is going to be one of the most valuable things in the next year or two. What do you think about that? Which, yeah, what's, it's why like the, the Peloton, while it's an irritant and SoulCycle is already showing that that's fading, you know, that their online versions, the mirror, all that type of stuff. I think all these guys are, you know, they were good products, but they were very limited products. And um, the Peloton was a, it's a good bike. It's a solid piece of equipment. And the support structure on it was amazing. It was a generation ahead in tech, but it's still one guy riding in his bedroom, you know, talking, looking at a little screen. Now there could be 3000 people with you, but you know, you're still look, they're not with you. Mm. You're part of 3000 people, but it's a little screen. And the social dynamic is what people are, are craving almost to the point that it's really kind of, you know, they're willing to risk their health just to sit next to somebody on a beach Yeah. because they mm -hmm. just, they, they, that's that we, now there's some people that just don't believe the virus is real and they're out there doing it, but there's a lot of people out there, that other wave of people that they're, they, they, the social dynamic is crushing them. You know, there's only so many days a week you could sit home and, you know, do Netflix and, yeah. yeah. I feel so like it's COVID fatigue. People are just like, I can't do this that much longer. I need to see people. I yeah. Like, and so, uh, but that's the point where I think you're right, but I think it's going to affect the gyms and the fact that the gyms, the, the people are coming back, but they also know, and I'm talking about the bulk of people, they know that they want something different from the gym because I, I really, I'm, I'm really excited about to go back into, I haven't been in a restaurant since March. You know, uh, I just started for the first time, started to go sit outside in, in the last couple of weeks. I've sat outside and had a meal. Uh, we went out to last night to a sushi place down on the, on the ocean. You know, we're sitting outside, you know, nice breeze and all this stuff. But I, I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable. It's outside. You know, we wore a mask up to the table. The guy that served us wore the mask, but I'm like, yeah, this is, this is kind of good. I needed this, you know, I needed just to get out. But even as we come back to that next wave, the social dynamic, there's going to be the clients that are always like hesitant. They're always going to be. So mm -hmm. when the concerts come back, will they be just mob fest or will they be a little more distanced and will they be changed? Those are the things that remain to be seen if they're going to be changed forever. And I think a lot of the stuff that we take for granted will be changed somewhat forever because we know the flu season, they, they just recorded the, the first cases of flu this year were just reported, I believe, in California. Uh, mm -hmm. So we know that's coming. It's predicted to be a horrible flu season. Mm -hmm. So when flu meets virus, that will take mm -hmm. us probably through, I, I think we're going to be under mandates, restrictions, early as I see May, possibly closure again, and all the way through the end of next year. Um, it, it's going to be, we're going to be up and down with these mandates not going away. So that I think is going to permanently change the client to think about what social situations they are in and, and how, if I do the concert, do I want to sit up higher away from people? Do I want to sit closer mm -hmm. to the, the doors and the vents. You know, I, I'm looking at a restaurant, you know, would I, it's going to be a long time before I go into a dark, small restaurant with no circulation. 
you know, that's, uh, I, I, I'm going to have, I, I, it's going to be a long time before I feel good about that. I'm going to have to be vaccinated up to my nose and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to really have some, some heavy duty science behind this to, to tell me that that's going to work. So if we go through the mandates next year, the gym, the client is going to be so conditioned at that time that they come back, the gyms have to offer a socialization, a sense of community, but how that looks is going to be a lot different. And that's where the, the gym owner is not, I don't think, quite ready to adapt to yet. And that's a really good point. Yeah. How do you keep them engaged if they're not going to be as packed in as they used to be? They're not going to be chatting with each other, you know, before and after their workout class. How are you going to recreate that um, ability to connect with the client? I feel like a lot of that is calling them, checking in, building stronger relationships, um, using like a Sumit software, Nomly, where you can really connect with them and check in on them, right? Via text. I feel like you need to build stronger relationships and uh, more than ever in creative ways, whether it's podcasting, blogging, calling them, like a simple phone call. We lost touch of how important that is, right? I mean, what do you think of that, Tom? Yeah, well, you're, you had a, a couple of really good points in there. First, going back one, uh, just at the start of what you just said, the, the physical aspects of the gym will have to change. So the little 1,500 square foot gym is probably going to be a real tough sell in the future. So I need to do a bigger box where I can have that pod system that you've heard me yell at too many times in the last couple of years. You've been mm-hmm. to so many workshops, but a pod system where I have a gym within a gym and there's a little space where guys can just, you know, Hey, I'm here and I'm working out with Joe tonight. Yeah. Tom, you're down at this, the red pod. I go down there. I have my own gym, a 300 foot gym. I don't have to drag equipment around. I don't have to be at 24 hour where I have to walk up and watch a guy, you know, text while he's sweating down on a bench press. I'm going to share with him. <laughs> you know, all those days are gone. So the gyms, well, training gyms will have to be a little larger, but we're going to have to, we're going to space it better. So I believe people will come and hang out at a, a sports performance bar again, a smoothie bar again. But do I have big windows that open? Do I have ventilation that moves us around? You know, are we going to adapt to the mask and the limited number of people? So we can build community through that. But it is as simple. The phone call is a lost art and touching people. We, we text and we send out 15 words instead of picking up the phone gate. Hey, man, I'm thinking about you. How are you? Mm-hmm. And that, that call is so that call and that so that's coming back because the client now needs that support they need that leadership again that's leadership right there yeah it's like thinking about how they're doing as people not just hey how's training going with joe but how are you actually doing as a person yeah and so you build from that to back to the sense of community now now that uh, if i can establish the gym redesign it i can redesign my programming because i don't want to put the emphasis on because if if I'm right on this and we're going to have a bad year and a half to two years, then one-on-one and small group will save us. Team training is not sustainable. So even my guys with small group or with team training, I'm telling, you know, that 18 guys pushing sleds down the floor, we're done with that. That's gone. So mm-hmm. can I have six guys pushing the sled, a couple of guys over here boxing in a controlled area, uh, people sitting on the floor meditating with an instructor. Can I have a 400-foot place in the corner where I'm doing stick mobility and moving through? I can create those spaces that I can control environmentally with windows, with ventilation. So the whole concept of what we do in the gym has to change to match the ability to socialize but keep people safe. And then as simple as the Zoom thing. You know, I, uh, I had an old friend. I hadn't seen him. I can't get on a plane. So we Zoomed the other night, you know, five o'clock in the evening, I'm sitting there drinking a glass of wine. I get a big picture on there and we're laughing and talking and I, I miss his company. You know, I haven't seen the guy in a year. And so that ability to offer online support like that, where I can connect people, but I, I stay connected to the gym. And a lot of coaches have let that go too with it. And that's a sad part of it as well. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the most important parts to retaining clients right now and seeing that you care being a leader and just, just seeing how they're doing on a personal level and not just from a, you know, a fitness standpoint. And I feel like you really taught me that in all your workshops. There's always that part where we all look forward to after day one is we go to the bar and we have a drink together and we just talk about stuff. I mean, I feel like I get more out of that part than I do in the actual workshop. Here, where, <laughs> you know, we're just hanging out, Joe. You, you, you're missing out. You got to next time, 
uh, things open up and, and, and Tom has another workshop. I'm going to take you, Joe. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely showing up, man. We, yeah, we got to. <laughs> so yeah, based on what, what, what you said then, job. based on what you said, Thomas, was like, were some like small fitness boutiques then kind of more set up for success during this time rather with that, you know, we're having like small private classes, having those one-on-one -on -one sessions rather than like a big chain, like 24 hour Planet Fitness where it's just every like pack as many people as you can into this one gym. Yeah, I mean, Jijo, we could do an hour just on that. That's yeah, it's a it's a powerful question because you're the big guys when they reopened, they well, let me contrast that. If I'm a 24 hour and you've got 300 of them, well, they closed 100, so you got mm -hmm. 250, whatever they have left. You know, you've got that gym reopening that safely using managers all across the country is a difficult task for them. So I, I have a guy that has four or five now. Uh, they're 20 to 30,000 square foot gyms. He's on the East Coast. So he said, how would I do this visually safely? So I, I, I said, you're not going to like any of these answers, but take out every other treadmill, put it in your group exercise room and hide them and shut the door because we're not going to do group exercise anyway. And, and you create a visual when you come in where this big box, now I feel safe because I'm not shoulder to shoulder. The guys, we put, we put 12 foot centers on those treadmills. So if my belly button to the guy's belly button over here is 12 feet apart, not six, 12. And so, but, so you come in and you go, where's all the, well, I can't get, I'm only can run 50% of my clients anyway in this gym. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so do that. Now you can't get a big chain to do that because for them, they have the ability to take out all the equipment, redesign the gym and do that using managers across the nation. That's tough. So the smaller boutique gyms back to the second part of your question, they, they had an advantage of going into this. So the guys are coming out of this are the guys that were embrace 101, 101's back and big, were willing to do it had the ability to control small spaces mm -hmm. like the pod system that I advocate so heavily, were willing to let go of team training and were willing to redesign their gym and raise the price so we made more money from fewer clients. So the guys that came through this, the guys that got hurt are yoga studios, bar studios, all these small group things, which were a lot of them were hurting. The yoga business, for example, was uh, distressed before the virus hit. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those guys are getting whacked and they're gone. Uh, we will, and I've already lost many, but we're going to lose 30 to as many as 40% of all the gyms in the country permanently closed by the end of October. Um, it's just they're and they're out there. They're already closing. You, you see the sign on the door, we're gone, but they're, they're not getting counted. They're not part of the official death count because they're a little yoga studio a woman had 50 clients well she's gone you know this little circuit training studio this guy you know, there's seven of them in my town just within a six miles of my house well i'm seeing a couple of gone signs on them already mm -hmm. they just put the door keys in the door and quietly go home but they're not making any big news in the club industry magazine not popping up on cnn or any news of these big chains are but these little guys are where we're getting crushed the direct part of your question is the guy that came through this is the guy that embraced smaller controlled environment, a more elite client and took care of that client through leadership and support systems. They're the ones that are here ready to attack going forward. With different offerings too. I think that's an also key element because you said like if you're a yoga studio and that's all you offered in a group setting, well, you're going to be dismantled. You only offer a singular form of revenue in a group setting, it's just not gonna work. One thing that we were, you know, performed like we're fortunate enough to, to have established already is a one-stop shop where we had chiropractic care, acupuncture, group, we had team, semi-private, one-on-one. So now we're able to at least keep some of these businesses, like the practitioners, they started operating in May. They were able to take patients already in May. So that created some form of revenue. We also realized people wanted a lot of equipment so we sold a lot of equipment to them. I became an equipment vendor, right? So you have to also adapt your offerings and change what you're selling to the client. I feel like that's a yeah. huge part of it too, right, Tom? Yeah, and the, the, one of the things that, uh, geez, we've been teaching for years in our how to start a new gym uh, workshops is to get classified by the city as wellness or as personal training, not as a gym. Because when you get classified down into that level, you're you're you you get closed when the big guys get closed so if the chains get shut down you get shut down but most of the training gyms they they 
they can get, if they ask, and they, in most cities, it's zone to zone, city to city, but I can get classified as a wellness center, meaning when chiropractors reopen and physical therapists reopen, I get to reopen. But if I'm offering nutrition and, as you said earlier, a full support system, the holistic plan, I can get classified as that because I'm using training to support my nutrition and lifestyle. I'm not just a training gym. So yeah. that's your, so the guys that were smart enough to reclassify to do that, well, they, they could get through this easier. And if there's a second wave of this, again, uh, one of the things you've heard me say a thousand times is hope for the best, but plan for the worst day of your life is that yeah. if the second wave hits this, the guys depended on small groups, one-on-one and a destructured uh, team training are going to be able to survive where the group guys that say, okay, we're back. I'm open for a month, but now I got shut down again. Group guys are never going to come back in that sense. Not at least in the next two years. I don't think we'll see if we see it again, I don't think you're going to see uh, single uh, technology methodology gyms. Those are dead. Single methodology always fails. The client always moves past the, the cycle studio that was hot and it goes away because the client gets bored, moves past it. You know, the first kettlebell gyms, oh my God, a whole gym devoted to kettlebell, up, down, gone. You know, yeah. the client moves to CrossFit's a perfect example where they started with such a wonderful concept that was open to really a wider range of clients. And the client eventually moved past that, especially as CrossFit started to move toward the games. So you see the clients kind of evolved and changed. So every single methodology, one trick pony kind of fades over time. Mm -hmm. So if I have a broader base offering a wider range of tools and support systems, I'm embracing the newer client, I'm getting a much higher return. But if it goes dark again, I'm much able to survive because when we do get reopened at that time, I don't have to shove 30 people in a box to be successful. I can go back to one-on-one -on -one, a small group for uh, uh, you know, a much, much higher return per client. You give them everything they want in one place. Yeah, for Not a higher, just a singular higher offering, price. For a higher yeah. price. And you're creating multiple sources of revenue that way. And you have branches yes. of your business. You already have a client in the door. They're already doing business with you. Why not offer them other support systems and other offerings that they need, right? The weird thing is we always build gyms, especially new uh, coaches opening the gym. They always build it for the dumbest client. They're, they, they'll, they'll, they'll build it down. You know, this guy's broke and he goes, comes in and goes, Oh my God, I'd sign up here, but you know, you're $150 and the guy down the street's only 139. I can't join here. I'm going down the street. So the guy, Oh my God, I lost a client. I it's price. It's price. And so they lower the price instead of looking at that, that uh, 35 to 55 year old person, that traditional person that does small group or that 40 plus category that does one-on-one one-on-one clients there for privacy. You know, but if I get a one-on-one -on -one person and they're paying a thousand dollars a month to be in my gym and the difference between, you know, what, $20 an hour is going to make a difference to a guy that just burnt down a $150 bottle of wine down on the waterfront in San Francisco last night. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy's, mm -hmm. this guy, it's, it's crazy, man. It's just, they, we, we build the gym for the wrong end of the spectrum and they, they run it because they bitch and moan the most instead of looking at what does an elite client want. An elite client wants the similar experience of going to a high-end steakhouse, Capitol Grill, someplace like that, is you walk in, I, I have a, a variety of offerings. I have a variety of wine. I can go with the house wine or I can get a $1,000 bottle of wine. So, but you're offering, you're, you, you're catering to a client that knows at least I'm going to spend $100 coming in the door. Now, within that spectrum, then you can have offerings. Well, the gym's the same thing. I, I, I want to build a gym for a more elite client. But within that client, there's all different kinds of things I can sell the client because they all have different needs. That one-on-one -on -one client that just wants privacy, I don't need you to get in shape. I need you because I want a guide. I don't want to think, and I want an hour by myself. That's the one-on-one -on -one client. My time, my space, get, I just, I don't want anybody else here just... You know, Brian, please think for me. I just, I, I just take me through this and I'm going to get in shape. You know what? This is whole an hour. That's the guy that wants to linger and have a six, $7 shake at the end. He might come in 20 minutes earlier and have that, you know, that $5 cup of jolt coffee that just burns him alive. Cause he wants to get, you know, he's checking messages, got his headset on, does his workout, has the shake lingers. We have to build it for a more elite client and not broad base it to the fact where we're trying to keep that, $99 team guy and that $1,000 a month 
one-on-one uh, mm. -on -one client in the same gym. It, 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 it's not going to work going forward. You got to be more high-end and cater to that high-end client now. Is that something uh, that you guys think a lot about as well? Like membership, like prices, like what goes into the, the decision about like how much to charge somebody for fitness service? Well, so uh, what town do you live in, Joe, for example? San Francisco, Bay Area. Okay. Okay. You're in, well, name it, name this suburb. You in the city or are you Walnut, out the, Walnut Creek? I'm in the suburbs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Walnut Creek's a perfect example over there. There are people over there that we call in San Francisco, average people, you know, their homes are probably 800, you know, something like that entry level homes over there. And you have money in Walnut Creek. This disgustingly, you know, there's, there's, there's a range of clients in Walnut Creek is you, you have to have a certain entry level to get in there, but there's a certain category. So that client, when you're building the gym, you know, you, if I'm a coach that the guy that lives in that million and a half, $2 million condo down by, you know, you know by the, the train line, the guys that's in the better parts of city downtown where the, all the trendy restaurants are stuck in Walnut Creek, that type of client is, you know, they're the ones that they, if you're a $50 an hour trainer, and Brian's a hundred dollar an hour trainer, which one to the money guy is the best coach? And the rookie always goes where? They always want to lower the price. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna lower my price and take everybody's clients. I'll raise it later. That's the 24 hour mentality for a coach. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm competing, I'm just gonna lower my price and I'm gonna to try to be, you know, take everybody's clients. Well, uh, to me, sitting in Walnut Creek, living in a $2 million place out on the edge of town and, you know, maybe commuting into the city is in the financial district, you know, and I'm looking at you as a coach and you're a hundred dollars and, and Brian's 125, the $25 is irrelevant. I'm mm -hmm. always going to go with the better, the higher price guy because he's the best. It just, he's proven it. That's why Mercedes makes a, you know, they used to make that uh, Maybach, I think it was. I, I, I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly. That was a, a you could get it upgraded. That was a $600,000 automobile. Mm -hmm. And they also have a Mercedes you can buy for about 35 grand, which is an entry level, you know, high school kid car. Mm -hmm. You know, they, the same company had different levels, but once you got into the brand, you could choose the level. Mm -hmm. So, but the money guys are always going to go for the, the perception of quality. They, and you can't run cheap people arguing over $99 is too high in team and have a one-on-one -on -one client over here. You're charging a thousand dollars a month and try to make them both consistently happy in the gym. That's, it's, it's a tough plan. So you got to charge a little more here and keep the money up here. So the total return for client rises. Mm -hmm. they, want the they want the quality and the prestige that comes with that. And I think one thing you're really touching on, Tom, and I, I learned this from you and I think it's going to be more important than ever, given that we're talking about that high-end service and that high-end value, is the experience economy. We're going to be in a more experienced economy than ever before, post-pandemic. And if you're going to cater to that high-end person, you got to create that experience like none other. Right, Tom? Yeah, that's a, but, but if you take that a step further, this is so brain-dead obvious. And, and over the last couple of years, I probably have had my consistent consulting clients I'm talking to a couple of times a month, those guys, I probably have 20% of the guys doing it and it's use the word elite. So I, I, I've got a trainer friend down here in Florida and he's, I've known him for 20 years and he's, um, I want to strangle the guy about every other time I see him because he pisses me off so much because he just will not change. But, uh, he gets real excited at Christmas because all these clients bring in all this good stuff. And he always runs pictures of all the, the stuff and loot on his desk that his clients bought him. And I'm like, I, I did never do that. I said, that's man, that's horrible. You know, what'd you do for your clients? So he's like, well, what do you mean? You know, I got, they lost weight. They're happy. They love me. I, they paid you for a year. They bought your house. They bought your car. They're putting your kids through college. You know, you, you, you should accept none of this. If they want to give you something, just have a charity and let them give you 20 bucks for a charity. So what we've done is take the elite client. So if I charge $100 an hour for, you know, so I might charge uh, $8.99, for example. The guys I talked to this morning, your friends, I was like, okay, let's go for $100 an hour. So that would be a $4.99 membership five times a month and maybe an $8.99. Well, I'm going to take $50 of that, which is average is $100 per session, $50 a month and just give it back to them. 
Meaning, okay, this month I'm sending you a really kick-ass bottle of wine. This month I bought you a gym bag. This month I I'm, I'm bought you a messenger bag. This month I'll give you a $100 nutrition package. What happens is after the third month, we found the second, usually the third month, the client goes, first time they go, thank you, man. That was so cool. Thank you, Joseph. You sent me a bottle of wine. Cool. That's so good. Next month I get a gym bag. It's like, what are you doing, man? Every month you're going to get something from me. You know why? You guys make this gym. You, 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 you show up, you train, you support me. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm grateful for what you do. By the fourth and fifth month, this becomes your, this is your source of marketing. So we, we build the reward system into the clients because no other trainers do that. The trainers, they want from the clients instead of realizing that that guy wrote, you know, he, that check he wrote that hit on his credit card for 900 bucks last month, dude, he just made your life, you know, mm -hmm. give them something. So we're building the reward system back into this to separate ourselves from the other gyms, but also it positions us going forward in the time of the virus as attracting and retaining that elite client because we value them. So I can give them a $150 supplement package, which might be 90 days of supplements. I can just give it to the guy because it cost me 50 to 60 bucks hard cost. The guy wrote me a check for $8.99. Would I give him back 50 or $60? No. But the guys won't do it. You know, the guy I'm referenced down here is like every year is a picture of him with all this stuff. And hey, look what I got for my clients this year. It's like he's begging for more. It's right. just, you know, what did you do for them? So the way forward to value these clients is to set up some kind of system where you're grateful for them in the system, but they stay longer and pay longer as a business decision. And they refer more because you're actually showing that you care about them you value their money and they're going to give you better referrals. It's, it's a simple thing, but again, I get maybe 20% of my clients to do it 25 more every, you know, every couple of months, I'm adding more and more to it, but the guys are doing it. It's like, you know, six months later, they go, I wish I would have done this 10 years ago. It makes so much sense because the clients just, that's all they talk about. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a big thing for them. Money guys are impressed. Yeah. It's money guy. You can't give him 50 bucks. Big deal. He's a money guy. He lives in Walnut Creek and he's got a $2 million, $3 million house. You give the guy a nice bottle of wine delivered to his house with a thank you note attached to it and say, look, man, I really greatly appreciate your business. That sets a guy on fire for three days because his money was appreciated and it seldom is anywhere else in this world. Mm -hmm. Especially now where people have more options to do business in our industry with fitness. There's so many different things they could do. You got to take care of them. You got to appreciate them. You got to build those strong relationships. That's a huge takeaway for the elite client, catering more to them and giving them more offerings in a holistic way and making it more about the experience. Uh, it's a huge takeaway to summarize. Um, really not fighting back and embracing change and evolving to what the client needs and creating pods and spaces where they feel safe and secure. And um, am I missing anything? What else do you guys think is a huge takeaway that I want to summarize what, for the viewers today? If you, if we have time, that what, what we were talking about before, um, mm -hmm. before you uh, started recording, can we throw that in? Because I really like to get after yeah. what you said was set that up. So, the when you were brought up the point earlier, and you guys were we were chatting this up as we were getting set up, is is it a good time to be in the business? Um, yeah, it's it's if you take the emotion out and get past that we're losing a lot of gyms, a lot of good gyms have closed, but a lot of the guys that closed were guys that just, they bought themselves jobs. They, you know, they're making 50 grand a year out of their gyms. They really have a, their employees in their own businesses. They had no reserve. Um, the people that they stumbled, they, they weren't prepared. Will they get back in the game? Many of them will, but I hope they're better this time. They'll think differently about their business. But if you're a gym owner right now, if, if you're looking around, especially San Francisco, uh, any place in California, 30% of the gyms are gone. What a great time to reset my button. What a great time to redo my business and attack and go for this. Because the guys are out there that are aggressive are catching all these other guys laying on the ground. It's business-wise, unemotionally, you know, this is a great time to capitalize on the new client, the stumbling gyms, the closed gyms, the frustrated client that just doesn't want to go to that big box and put his hand on the door that 300 people touched today. That, you know, that client's out there, but guys aren't going fast enough. This is a beautiful time to be in the business, and it's going to allow us to change our gym model, 
to something it always should have been, a holistic approach to protecting a client. This is a chance for us to be what we always should have been, not just a gym for weight loss with a six-week challenge, not 50 people pushing sleds and high-fiing. This is a chance to bring in multiple-level clients that want more from us. We can provide the services, and we can charge and make a lot more money. If guys just attack, don't wait for 2019. It's not coming back. But 2021, 2022, if you're ready to go forward, reinvent yourself, let go of what you think you know and embrace what is, this is going to be a hell of a run for anybody that wants to push. So you were so right on that, man. I just didn't want to leave that out because we talked about it and then, you know, we kind of lost it in our dialogue here. But you were right about that. And I think that needs to be said that this is a good time to be in the business. I feel like that's the most important takeaway is this is the best time. And if you can recreate it now, you're going to be better off than you ever than you ever were a year or two from now. And for those who are actually wanting to get in the business or wanting to be an entrepreneur, I feel like this is the best time to do it too, because now you know what to expect and now you know what the client expects and you can learn lessons from, you know, everybody else has been in it and do things the right way. And you can probably get a lease for 30% cheaper than you normally would, maybe even 50% cheaper. You know what I mean? <laughs> startup, startup costs are probably going to be, you know, a fraction of what they used to be. Even yeah, there's, uh, of course, a lot of landlords like LA and San Francisco, they're, they're betting, you know, that, you know, 2021 is going to be back to normal. So they're going to charge you the real rates, but you can always find somebody's lease that's damaged. You can find a guy going out of business, take over a lease. There, it's a good time to get into business if you're willing to push and chase it a little more. And uh, yeah, it's cheaper to get into it now. The model has to change somewhat. You know, I'm not so sure I'm going to open that tiny box anymore unless I'm only going to do one-on-one and it's just about me and, you know, goofing around with 75 clients. But if I'm going to open a commercial gym, it's probably going to be about 3,500 feet minimum. I'm going to push a little hard on it. And, uh, and it's time to go, man. It's just, it's, it's time to, to move forward. And it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know, I'm ranting on that a little, you know, it's just uh, that, that the power of letting go, the power mm -hmm. of, of, you know, embracing what's next. And that's uh, the guys out there, especially in California, the guys that are, are fighting the mask rules, fighting the state about reopening, fighting all this. It's, it's, it's not productive. It gets you nowhere and it pisses off all your clients. It's like uh, an owner that, that goes totally political on the site, picks either candidate. I don't care which side you are. You can alienate 60% of your members. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm a business person. I, I, if you know who I'm going to vote for, I failed as a business person mm. because you should never, ever know who, what I believe, who I vote for. I'm totally neutral in, in your business and you should be. And that's, that's how we go forward. And so the guys that are stuck in this, I want it so badly to be this. I'm so angry. I'm going to make my point to everybody. You did make your point. You're going to go out of business. Mm. And yeah, and that's what you prove that you're so angry that you're going to lose your own business instead of just going, Hey, what's my reality? Can I embrace it? Can I do move? Can I move forward? You know, throughout the seven years I've known you, you've always been able to predict what's next in the future of, of business and the future of fitness. And um, I feel like for everybody listening in and tuning in, it's, it's essential to um, embrace that change and evolve your business to what the client really needs. And I love what you said to wrap things up. We are going to become what we always should have been. That's a, I want to quote that. We're going to become what we always should have been, and that is a more holistic place where people can have health and wellness, not just fitness. So that's exciting. Yeah. I'm really Total support system for the client. Just think in terms of total support system. I'm going to provide a total solution for this guy's life. If the, the, the mental, the stress, the restoration of movement, I'm going to, I'm going to get down to the nutrition beyond weight loss, and I'm going to help the guy exercise and, and be a little better. Somewhere in there, we're going to lose a little weight. He's going to win anyway, but he's not, you know, he's not well likely to die from flu season either. You know, I'm going to keep the guy healthy because I can. That's, that's what I do. The coaches have to get better. They have to learn stuff. They, they have to go beyond a basic training certificate. They really have to get after some advanced education. I need nutrition and stuff. I need to get flow and movement. I need to understand meditation. So the trainer, the, the onus is on them to get better. You know, that's going to take a lot of leadership. It's going to take a lot of leadership on their end because they got to now be able to teach that client so much more than just how to move. They're going to have to teach them, uh, you know, about a lot of different health, yep. um, you know, areas that maybe they're not so knowledgeable about, but they're going to have to learn how to be knowledgeable about it to be able yeah, to get it's a, out there. a better service. It's out there.
It could be a new new company for you, man. A new certification. Exactly. Company. There you go. There you go. <laughs> don't, don't give me don't give me too too many ideas. Well, Tom, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, where can we uh, hear more about you and you know um, find you as far as consulting calls and everything like that? Uh, the 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 easiest thing is just email me. I'm kind of off the the grid right now. You know, I, I have I, we haven't done any live shots since March. Nothing scheduled this year. Um, so if, uh, nothing's up on a perform better site with any of the stuff there yet. So it's all low key. Uh, if they need help, they can reach out to me. Just uh, give them my email address, Thomas Plummer at macmac.com. If you need some help, I'll put you in touch with my assistant and she'll set you up and we can, we can work out calls and off we go from that point. Um, yeah. And you know how I work. I'm not a mentorship guy or anything like that. If you need help call and we'll work it out call by call until I get you where you need to be. And, uh, um, there's hope out there, man. I like your theme. There, there's hope in this. I like the way you two guys are thinking about this. There's, there's a way forward for the gym owners and the gym business is going to come back stronger than ever. At least the guys that survived this. So, and, you know, the virus sadly has taken a couple hundred thousand people, but it's also taken a lot of gyms and a lot of gyms should have survived, but they were too angry to do that. You know, yeah. park your anger, park your emotion. Look at this as a business again. And look at, I'll say it one more time. Look at what is, not what you want it to be. And let go of 2019. Embrace what the reality is today and you're going to be okay. Thank you guys. You guys are doing great work, man. I love this show. So yeah, thank you very thank much you. for letting me be part of it. Today. Thank you. One more question as we wrap things up. One more, one more. In the 40 years you've been doing this, what would be the one thing you would take away or you would tell the business owners and not just in fitness in any endeavor that they decided to pursue, what would be the one takeaway or the one final message, the most important message you can give, I should say. Virus related or non-virus in general or not? <laughs> yeah, non, in, in general, um, non-virus. The biggest mistake I make, um, I, I see people make across the board of the thousands and thousands of people I've talked to, the 100,000 to the workshops and all that type of stuff. The biggest mistake is people don't know what they want. They don't know what they're trying to accomplish. They open a business with no expected outcome. They don't know what the business is going to do for their life. They don't know how the business is going to allow them to live. They don't know, I open a business and I end up working 80 hours a week, making 40,000 a year. I should have just gotten a job. They don't know what they, they don't know what they want. And then if I don't know that, then I don't know how to live. I don't know how to use that gym to support my lifestyle. You know, I want to be a good spouse. I want to be a good parent. I want to have a life, but the gym has to provide a lifestyle to do that. And so if you don't know what you want from your business, then you, you seldom ever create a lifestyle to support that. So the, uh, if, if any advice in there is for everybody, no matter if you're in the gym business or not, if some spouse is listening to this or something that's parked alongside somewhere, uh, create life, figure out how you want to live and then build a career around to support that. Your career is not the most important thing. It's how you want to live <clears throat> and really how you want to die. You know, what do you, you know, legacy, what do you want to leave? You know, you want to, you want to change the world. You want to leave the world better than you found it. You want to create something better. You know, that's, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people die and the next day, nobody says their name again. And other people die and they're remembered for, you know, 10 decades because they made a difference in the world. You know, so you, people get so caught up in the business, the career of fitness that they don't understand that fitness has to support a bigger, bigger journey in life. You know, my lifestyle, what do I want? How am I going to change lives? And you can make some money doing that. You should make money. Money is a validation for the effort you're putting in. You can give it all to charity. You can do what you want, but we have to make money as adults because it validates what we do and it keeps you safe. So the biggest thing, uh, Brian, to go back to that is they don't know what they want and they, they lose track of what lifestyle is. They lose track of why they're here. They lose track of their purpose. You know, if you're a coach, you were born for one thing. You're here to change lives. And you need to make a lot of money doing it. That's okay. Take the money. But you, you, we forget why we're here, what we're trying to do in the gym business. And then we lose our gyms too early. We, 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 we get angry, get frustrated. Those angry, frustrated guys have lost their sense of purpose to me. They lost the bigger picture. They lost why they're here, what they're supposed to do. They're so caught up in arguing about a face mask that they're going to burn down a gym that could have saved 200 lives by keeping people healthy. 
they're willing to give up their gym over a face mask instead of changing the world through 200 clients. And uh, that's just, that's wrong on so many levels. Yeah, know what you want and make sure it, it make sure that, that the job you do feeds your lifestyle. You don't want to have lifestyle left over after a job. It's lifestyle first, then I'll figure out how to pay for that lifestyle through good work. This is a perfect time to hit the reset button and really rethink what you really want out of your business and out of your life, given what we've all gone through with this pandemic. Thank you again, Tom. You're the man. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thanks so much, Tom. You rock.